today on Soundtrack Alley, I'll be interviewing Chris Edgar and Jen Page for the film Playing with Beethoven. You'll learn some interesting facts about both of them, their careers, their influences, and some of the amazing music that was used in the film. I hope you enjoy it as it begins now. I am Randy Andrews, and two weeks ago I had the opportunity to interview Chris Edgar and Jen Page from their homes in California on Zoom. Today's interview is about the film Playing with Beethoven, and throughout the interview you'll hear music selections from the film. Let's get into it. I'm I'm here with Chris Edgar and Jen Page. Uh, it's good to have you on my show for uh, talking about um, playing with Beethoven, um, the new film. So, Chris, I'd like to add, start out asking you a few questions. First of all, when did you begin composing? Uh, I think I started working on this film in January of 2017. Um, because all, well, nearly all of the music needed to be written before we were on set, since this movie has the unique feature that the majority of the movie's music was performed live on set by the actual actors uh, or the actors slash musicians. So it was very different from any other uh, music composing gig that I've done before. Usually they just bring me in after the film is already shot. But in this case, I needed to write most of the music beforehand, except for the music that was written by Beethoven. And I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, and I also needed to rehearse with, I think it was eight ensembles uh, and also conduct some of them on set. So uh, it was very unique as far as film composing work is concerned. But I, I think the final product turned out pretty great. Well, that's fantastic. That's really good. Um, how has composing for this particular project really helped maybe shape your career? Uh, well, um, I don't know what would I say about that. Um, I think that it has gotten me used to, oh, okay, okay, let, let, let me put it this way. Um, it was a high pressure environment compared to composing solely in post. I mean, you know, there are strict deadlines uh, that apply when you're working on a project and you solely come on in post-production, but it's nothing compared to the pressure that you're going to be under if you have to uh, compose all the music beforehand and rehearse with everybody before you get on set. Um, and so uh, now the projects where I'm brought on in post, they seem kind of like luxury, right? They seem kind of like gravy. Uh, so maybe it built character uh, to that extent. And also um, working with people 
uh, and and hearing the way that they were going to interpret the music on set and, and trying to shape that um, is a very different sort of exercise than communicating with professional musicians who are playing in a score. Um, so yeah, I mean, that I added to my toolbox as well. And uh, yeah, so it, it, it's a unique experience that definitely, I, I, I think uh, it, it certainly made everything else that I'm doing right now feel kind of um, like easy street by comparison. really good though it it helps you uh like you say build character um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with most of the music that's being played live shot through the film what has been the biggest challenge in that regard um i would say getting well i, I thought that getting people together who could play the music was going to be the biggest challenge but then you know we ended up with two leads who are not only great actors but virtuoso pianists um, the two leads of the film. And then we ended up with a bunch of other people who can also act and play various instruments. So that didn't prove to be the biggest challenge. Um, I would say that it was coordinating with all of these ensembles, since some of these people were not, I mean, although they were musicians, some of them were not professional musicians who play gigs all the time, or they play concerts all the time. So I needed to shape them into ensembles that would actually sound vaguely coherent on set. Um, for the two, you know, virtuoso pianist leads, that wasn't a big issue because they, you know, that was old hat stuff to them. They had played concerts all the time and so forth. Um, but for, uh, we had this sort of toy band, like um, we have the lead actress playing a toy piano, and then we have, uh, so we have a guitarist and a bassist and an accordionist. And so there's a kind of eclectic ensemble that's built around this toy piano. And some of the people who played in that, like they're musicians, but they're not playing live all the time. So, and I needed to turn them into this 
sort of tight unit that can play this kind of jazzy piece <laughs> and Celtic influenced piece. So that required a lot of work compared to what I think I'd normally be doing with professional musicians in post. But yeah, I think that turned out pretty great too. <laughs> Here's a here's a unique question. Um, with looking at the music of Beethoven, what has helped you shape your music so it works in conjunction with the film as well as the spirit of what Beethoven composed? Yeah, um, I, I you know it, that was a particularly challenging because there are so many different interpretations of Beethoven. I mean, it's work that's in the public domain. Uh, and people have done jazz versions of it and funk versions and <laughs> punk rock versions and so forth. Um, so I needed to do something that, uh, yeah, was a sort of unique expression or unique interpretation of Beethoven. What I decided to do um, was try to meld together multiple styles uh, in, even in the course of one particular piece. Like uh, there's a, a piano piece that Josh, the, the main character, plays in the finale, where we run through a sort of um, jazzy interpretation of Beethoven, and then we even have sort of this more rock-like feel, and then we have uh, almost what sounds like a Keith Jarrett-style, you know, um, piano improvisation section uh, that where where we take you know the uh, the tempo down and we play in almost stop time. Um, so just trying just trying to bring a lot of elements into Beethoven's work that I, I felt that I hadn't seen before. Um, I mean, who knows? There may be some interpretation of Beethoven out there that sounds exactly like what I've done, but I, <laughs> I haven't heard it yet. Since there's there's just so much you know uh, so much riffing on his material. But that's what I felt like I had to do. So if I'm going to really make this unique, I'm going to have to blend a bunch of different styles together in, in, in my interpretation of it.
uh, it gives you something unique to work with yeah. and still sticking to the uh, core uh, core composer. <laughs> yeah, and, and they really, I mean, the, the pianists really humored me in that sense. Like Naomi Druskic, uh, who plays, um, who is the female lead, um, she it was, is a piano prodigy, essentially. Like she's been playing piano since she was five, but had only played classical piano. Um, she had no experience playing jazz. And so we weren't having her, you know, try to improvise over a bunch of chords because that was never something that, that she had done. Instead, I was writing out these jazzy solos for her to play. Uh, and I bet that was a unique experience for her that, that she doesn't normally have. Um, so we had to, we had to move the, the artists outside of their, their comfort zones for this too. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. So how has working with Jen helped your career as a composer? Well, Jen, I mean, yeah, we, we've worked together and, and Jen, I'm sure Jen probably wants to chime in on this too. Uh, but we've worked together uh, since I think 2015, when I originally came to her with this idea for um, a rock opera that we, uh, we ultimately made, that was a, a, the first feature film that we did. And Jen and I are both into movie projects that are focused on music. Uh, that seems to be our go-to. So yeah, it's turned into a partnership that uh, that's producing the kind of work that we both love. That's He's excellent. doing the nice version of that. The real <laughs> version is when Chris first met me, he had a full head of hair. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Jen? How have how have you uh, benefited from having Chris as a composer for you? I think that a lot of things that because Chris also does all of our producer lawyery stuff and he both in his music and in his producer stuff he's got an eagle eye he's got a like you know dot every I every T every it can drive someone like me nuts because I want to like just go and flow and like let's get shit done which I'm sure on his side is like that's what I drive him nuts but I think that also is what kind of helps us both it pushes us both to be better in all aspects of our business and really kind of want to always level up what we do and neither of us ever lets the other rest on our laurels like even the short we're looking at now that chris wrote i'm just like every day i'm like he's one day he's gonna be like okay jen i'm not gonna do this with you because i'm constantly like but what how can we make it better no let's do it even better uh, i don't know i think that's great that's excellent so uh getting back to you chris what do you hope to do after this project? Well, we have a couple of things, you know, lined up. Yeah, there, there's this movie musical that's called Danny in the Darkness. Uh, we just put out a, a proof of concept video that we shot for that with um, a really great cast uh, performing one of the songs from the musical. And so we're hoping to get that one produced. Then there's another short that the jam was talking about that I wrote that we're probably going to be filming um, actually in my house. So oh, cool. <laughs> that's, that's going to be, well, and, and that that's about uh, people who, as a result of um, a, a sort of nuclear apocalypse and radiation being outside are forced to stay in their homes and they've got like radiation shielding over the windows. So we figured, why not, why not set it in it's my house? It's a lighthearted comedy. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so yeah, we do have a, a, a couple of things in the pipeline and we, we, we usually do. So, um, and that, that, that's how we like it, I think.
Here's a, here's a unique question sometimes that I like to ask. What is your dream job for composing and why? Um, I, do, I do like movie musicals. I feel like that is sort of a niche that we've been exploring um, and, that, uh, and that is gaining or is coming back into sort of mainstream acceptance with things like La La Land and, and The Greatest Showman and so on. Uh, so yeah, I mean, doing, doing a project like Danny, uh, that I was telling you about a moment ago, where we not only have musical theater style performances where the characters um, express themselves through, uh, through song, but there's also a lot of potential for interesting uh, instrumental music there too. So I'd be able to be kind of a double threat and do the music and lyrics and also do more conventional, you know, underscore. Uh, that, that sounds like a great opportunity for me. And hopefully we can, we can pull that one off. The storm has abated 
The sheep are safe to roam Through meadows and fields That the Lord made for our home His love and abundance Oh, has filled me to the brim And all I can offer is Humble shepherd him. Praise him, praise him, praise him. All of us praise him, praise him, praise him. All of us sing this shepherd's Getting back to uh, Beethoven briefly, with the intricate style that Beethoven worked with, has that has that affected how you shape the music for this film in particular? I mean, that it, it was certainly intimidating the idea of taking on Beethoven's work. Um, it, it, interestingly, um, if you put if you convert some of the chords that Beethoven uses to these jazzy type chords, like seventh and ninth chords and things like that, um, then it starts. Yeah, then uh, it, it naturally takes on this jazzy sort of sound, uh, particularly when you've got these fast sort of piano runs. Uh, and you, uh, of course, yeah, you, maybe you convert the uh, the runs on top to something a little bit more, uh, you, you know, using jazzy scales. But I didn't, I didn't actually find it as difficult as I thought I was going to find it to give it a jazzy sort of sound uh, for the, uh, the our, our two lead pianists to play. There's a scene where they each of them is playing a piano, and they're playing. Um, it, it's the third movement of uh, Beethoven's Eight Piano Sonata, like the, the Pathétique. And uh, there I had one character who is soloing on top of the other, who in, in, in sort of a jazzy way, uh, soloing on top of a very straightforward version of the third movement that's being played by the other character. And then gradually it evolves into something more and more jazzy. Uh, and I found that that, you know, it started to kind of intuitively unfold. Uh, and it wasn't as, yeah, it, it didn't seem as counterintuitive and weird as I thought it was going to be when I started.
that's excellent. Um, so, so we're going to shift now and uh, ask a few questions of Jen, uh, who's the director of uh, playing with Beethoven. Um, so first of all, Jen, when did your career begin with directing? Oh, God, that was so many years ago. Um, I guess it actually started, I was still an actor at the time a million years ago, and I... I found that I was in this scene. I was directing something that I was in and I just loved when I had the moment come together. And I remember thinking, that's what I want to do. I want to make the moments. I could care less about being on screen. And I started to not want to memorize lines. I just didn't care anymore. That was like 2000, I don't even know, nine, 10, something like that. In pandemic years, it's been like a hundred years. Um, and it was, so my first real like just directing thing was uh, this little short called Pubert. It was all these like little kids who Pubert had lost his dad's baseball and it was a whole adventure that he gets himself in trouble. Um, I don't know. Like I just never looked back from there. I've just been directing ever since. That's cool. That's really good. How has your relationship with Chris as a composer shaped what you do in the director's chair? Well, he at least lets me do a lot more music than I used to get to do. So that's great. I, I found my love for me. It was funny when I actually started to do musicals. I wasn't always a musical lover necessarily. Uh, but I remembered one day I like in like, I don't even know anymore what year it was seven, 10 years ago now, I remember going, I'm going to do a musical. I want to do a musical. So I started watching every musical I get my hands on. And I kid you not, within two weeks, I had a phone call from somebody saying, our director was was dropped, dropped out of this uh, feature film. It's a musical. Would you do it? And I was like, uh, yes. Um, and then very shortly after that, I had gotten another musical thing, and which then led me to another musical thing, which is where Chris had seen, I think you saw the... Um, the stage play, right, of the or the IWTV Awards musical yeah. opening number that I forced on them, which was a lot of fun. And Roger Bart was the star, and it was so great. And you called me for Break Out the Rock Opera, and I think ever since then, I'm pushing musicals on you. I'm like, come on, what else you want to do? Come on, <laughs> like, why don't you write this thing? What What do you got? What songs you got? Let's go make a video. And it's just so I think the way he has shaped me has just been like giving me more opportunities to really get to fulfill this love of making music videos of any kind. We are born upon this earth and we're severed by a blade And covered after birth in the blood from where we're made Beneath my skin is a river flowing near I just lift the dam And I drown my fear Cause there's something about the red Something about the pain It's like a desert being drenched with rain I'm an ocean deep and wide I'll take this lifeless life in stride Clawing 
fly like that Who broke your wings and stole away the joy from your song All I know is it's wrong It's wrong And I'll free you Property. That's a liability. We can't let such a threat run free. We must do something about her excellent what has been your greatest achievement through this film in particular getting it done uh (laughs) we we you know like chris said we shot it on like barely any money uh everything was recorded live that's already hard enough uh over 100 cast members in total that's hard enough on low budget and a tiny crew so you already once you get it done that's already accomplishment and then I had to edit it myself and as a director even as just a human edit unless you're an editor editing sucks so that was a year of my life but then i finished you know and it's like everything we've done i think has just felt like a huge accomplishment like now we're we had gotten our we, we wanted dances with films is our our premiere so bad for this feature and we freaking got it and then COVID canceled our 
big red carpet. So now we're having our own premiere um, at the Lemley and putting it together and bringing everybody together. And that feels like an accomplishment. I think that anytime you do a film, there's just, you got to kind of take the journey and, and take every win that comes along that journey. That's great. So who do you hope to hope to reach with the amazing works of Beethoven? One thing we've always said, and Chris, you can chime in on this too, but we've always said we we hope that this film reaches younger a younger audience. People like you know teenagers maybe that wouldn't necessarily ever even think about listening to classical music. We really hope that they watch this and there's something about the youngness and the freshness of these characters that makes them curious about learning more. Some days it seems we can't agree And our duet's gone out of key I wonder if this love's passé <laughs> But then you croon a note or two And soon my will to fight is through You sing my doubts and fears away Your smooth, vivacious voice Leaves me without a choice And draws you right back to my arms <laughs> You're like a tidal wave That washes me along I'm a prisoner Of your siren song Yes, your siren song Good. Chris, is there a specific cue to the film that really stands out to you that could reach a younger audience? Hmm. Um, well, I, uh, we, we do have this kids jazz band, interesting. So we, we, we were using uh, younger players and they're from a uh, music school in San Gabriel. Uh, and it's sort of a, a, a jazzy piece that evolves into a rock uh, more, uh, yeah, more rockin' tune that's called Blues Surprise. Um, and you really get to see the enthusiasm of the kids who are playing uh, as we see this, even though those kids are, I mean, th these are kids who are going to music school and they've been classically trained and the majority of them are working on classical music the majority of the time, but they really get to rock out playing this piece. Um, so I, maybe, maybe seeing kids who are, you know, very conventionally trained like that, uh, in an environment like this, I mean, yeah, I, hopefully that's going to be inspiring to some teenagers who are thinking about, well, you know, I have an interest in music, but what am I going to do with it?
Jen, back to you. Why do you love directing? I'm a very bossy control freak. <laughs> uh, you know, it really is about creating moments. Like I, I remember being on a set of one of the music videos I directed for Raymond Scheidler, Raymond Revel, and the little two little kids <laughs> that are in this video. And they're not even little kids anymore. They're all grown up. But these two little kids in the video, they had this moment that just, I literally was on set, like, jumping up and down and, like, clapping and, like, just, it, it's, there's nothing else that I do that makes me have the joy of bringing together moments that just move an audience in some way, whether it's to laugh or to tears. Everything I want to do in, in theater or I mean in film is all I want to do positive things I want people to feel good by the end even if we make them cry along the journey uh and I just I don't know like what other profession could I do or uh, maybe other than composing Chris <laughs> can you make people go on an emotional journey with you mm -hmm. that's a that's an excellent thought um what projects in your career have helped shape who you are now Oof. I think every project always shapes your career. I mean, even projects that turn out to be really terrible and like suck your soul dry while you're in them, you learn something with them um, or you level up somehow. Like I, my third feature was a very tough feature. I had only five days to shoot a feature film and it was painful. But I took the project because I was gonna finally have some names in it. I was Eric Roberts and Corey Feldman and you know, I grew up watching Corey Feldman, so I said yes. So that actually not now it's like, well, now I've done a film with some names and I've done a feature in five days. So nothing's hard anymore. You know, um, and Jake, uh, the one that Chris and I did break out of rock opera is one of my favorite projects to this day. And I feel like in some ways that shaped how I really want to push all the time. I want to push for our lighting to be more theatrical and musicals. I want to make sure we're always pushing for diverse casting. Um, and also the people that I've worked with. There's a lot of people I've worked with that I'm like, I've learned I never want to work with that kind of person again. So that shapes you. Like, I just think that there's every single thing you do in this business really shapes who you are as a person, as a creator, as a professional. They lock you in this dungeon cell and silence your song I'm here cause it's wrong It's wrong It's wrong I'll free you To my castle we'll ride And together we'll reign King and queen side by side I'll free you I won't be denied Is this your princess? This is what you sought for Is this crazed mess? The maiden that you fought for Is this what you want? Did you ever stop to think it through? What's your end game? Will we share your parents' attic? I'll take your name Well, it's time to be pragmatic You've got no idea Who I am or what you've got into Cause I'm not your princess 
side question and you don't mind being put on the spot I could see that uh, <laughs> so one thing that I'd like to ask you is what kind kind of dream job of directing would you want to do I mean I see it so clearly it's a ginormous over-the-top musical set on the back lot of Universal Studios I mean we're talking it's huge, you know, huge A-list stars and giant sets and just, I don't know, I can't decide if it's like rock music or Broadway musical, or maybe it's like some kind of thing where we get to get all of it. Uh, that is one of my big dreams. And I also have a really, I really want to do a band film, a really gritty, like alt-rock band film. So very bad. And I want to do all the music live, just like we did with Beethoven. Like the rock bands, any bands in the movie, they're all playing live like a rock concert. All the indications say my quest is dead And I'm probably off the honors track By all accounts, I should be filled with dread But yet I'm calm instead Things are quite out of whack Cause these halls don't look so dull and gray These walls don't seem to block my way Am I just messed up in the head? And I'm thinking I can call this day a partial success Cause though I screwed things up, at least I didn't settle for less Am I crazy or is this just change? Anyway, it's strange They say you learn from every big mistake they say you grow from each disgrace And if I fall or if my heart should break At least I feel awake When I get kicked in the face So I hope I'll have adventures like this every day And in life, just like in school I'm gonna strive for that day Not just 
I'm gonna build galactic battleships and conquer the stars I'll have time enough to plan them while I'm here behind bars I'm so grateful for this lifestyle change Yeah Here's to living strange That's excellent. That's really good. Um, so for both of you, here's here's a question that both of you can contemplate. Uh, if you had a special project that you would dream of doing, say it's very specific, like a, t a genre, what, what type of genre in film would you love to work with? Well, I mean, I think musicals is probably the easy cheat answer, but beyond musicals, <laughs> I mean, I'm a big romantic drama nerd. I love anything with romance and um, happy endings. So that's a pretty easy answer for me. Chris is a little darker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, movie musicals, that's definitely high on the list. Uh, right. And um, genres that I haven't worked on so much uh, like a sci-fi material, I haven't done a lot of that. That's actually the, the upcoming project that we're doing is going to be um, in that genre. So that's a good thing. Like I've done a lot of sort of thriller and horror type of stuff uh, recently, but actually the two projects that I have, the two features I have coming out this year are more in the romantic comedy slash dramedy genre. So it's, I, I think it's a matter of um, being able to do something in lots of different genres and, and you know, getting the chance to explore. The one thing about Chris is he really, he really can do any genre. Like I meet a lot of composers who think they can, but Chris has done stuff from like pop to like rock to heavy metal to Broadway musical. It, like it, there's nothing that I've thrown at him or that he's come up with on his own that I haven't thought is fantastic and sounds authentic. Not like somebody trying to do something. I don't think so, everybody has that talent. Yeah, that's true. Who has been your influencers? Like who has influenced you in your career? Both of you. That's a question for both of you. Um, well, I always say that like, basically, I, if I was if I was born of the child of two directors, it would be John Carney and um, Wow, brain fart. Why am I my, my idol? Why am I losing my idol right now? Uh, Cameron Crowe. Thank you, brain. I tell you, pandemic brain is real, guys. <laughs> I can't think of the simplest things. Uh, John Carney and uh, and oh my God, see, you see what I'm saying? Cameron uh, Crowe. Thank you. Uh, if those two had a director baby, it would be me. And I think it's because I I love anything Cameron Crowe has done. Just he has these epic speeches and over the top moments, but that are grounded in reality and you just love them. And he's so good with soundtrack. And then John Carney's had some, just some really gritty sort of great um, movie musicals. So yeah, that's me. In your eyes, the light, the heat. How about you, Chris? As far as the composers that I'm listening to the most today, I mean, well, Jerry Goldsmith is a huge inspiration to me. Um, 
Austin Wintry is someone who I listen to a lot. I, I had I was able to meet him a couple of years ago, which was pretty awesome. Even though I mean I think he's most known for his video game work, he is someone who's really you know pushing the envelope. I think and really bringing, um, really bringing something interesting to every project that he does, which is something that I you know hope, hope to do as well. That's excellent. Uh, I had the actual privilege to meet him. Mm. like on zoom it was on zoom but it was for the cinematic sound radio 25th anniversary Mm. um and that was really cool to actually have you know a composer come in on a podcasting network show and uh it was really cool to to actually meet him because he has a really unique style and uh that's that's really awesome that um, one of your influences is Jerry Goldsmith. Uh, is there anything in particular with Jerry Goldsmith's music that uh, has helped you? Um, well, just his ability to um, to constantly be responding to what's going on in the scene, uh, but in a way that doesn't make the uh, his work seem cartoonish. Like, it's not like, oh, now we're going to sort of pick up the tempo when the cartoon character is running across the screen. And then if they run into something, then we're going to go boink or whatever. Like, it, it doesn't it doesn't sound um, contrived. But if you watch a movie that he scored, then I, I think you can see really clearly the way that he is just taking every frame into account, even like small gestures that someone makes with their face or something like that, like raising an eyebrow or whatever. Uh, that, and that's the, the amount of detail uh, work is really um that 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 requires uh, is really impressive oh that's good um any specific examples that you have well i'd say the whole the opening of the 13th warrior is what i was thinking about um where where we're going from the we're going from uh, the the arabian desert uh where the the main character uh he's thrown out of his kingdom I'm, i'm vaguely remembering the plot here uh, and then he goes and joins these Vikings. And then we have the same motif that's being used both in this Arabian style, and then we have it re- we have it recapitulated in this Viking style. Um, and uh, the way that he's able to transition just within the first five minutes. Um, he, even though the and and the thirteenth warrior, he he actually, I think, makes that movie interesting throughout, even though to uh, to my mind, it has a few more battles than it probably needs to have. But, but he keeps me engaged, even in what the, uh, the, the battles that might seem a little bit unnecessary otherwise.
that's really a good example. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jerry Goldsmith's one of the one of the great um, great film composers, and yeah. um, and your work is really brilliant. I I love your work. Um, Thank you. I was listening to the uh, score portions that you sent me, and uh, and that was just so good. Uh, just really good for playing with Beethoven and um, it'll be uh, I think it'll be a really good success mm-hmm. so yeah if we can interest people in seeing you know actors playing live on set it's kind of a unique thing so we don't know quite how, how people are going to respond but hopefully it's in, in a positive way I'm sure it will be and with with Jen at the helm uh, I think it'll probably do really well that's very sweet Thank you. You're welcome. Well, it's been really nice having you both on uh, my podcast today. And I want to really thank you for this great opportunity. And I'm looking forward to putting this podcast out. Um, I should be able to actually have it out by next week. That'll be great. So anybody who listens, please go visit watchplayingwithbeethoven.com and pre-order or order, if time, depending on when you watch it, because... Uh, we need all the help we can get. <laughs> That's right. it's, it's November 26th is the release date, by the way. Oh, okay. So yeah, I need to get it out. <laughs> yeah, and if it's a couple of days after that, that, I think that's fine. All right, all right. Well, thanks again. And uh, you both have an excellent evening. Thank you so much for having us, Randall. Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed being able to interview Chris Edgar and Jen Page for their work on playing with Beethoven. To close out the show today, I'd like to play one more piece of music from the album that was essentially uh, playing with Beethoven, the soundtrack. What you will hear is Charlotte's Jig uncut as a bonus track uh, by Chris Edgar and using influences from Beethoven. And so I want to thank you for being here. And until next time, enjoy your soundtracks and take care and happy listening.
Thank you for listening to Soundtrack Alley. If you are an Apple podcast, please give the show a five-star rating. Check out the content over at SoundtrackAlley.com, as well as Cinematic Sound Radio, where most of my new material is posted. If you have a comment, question, or concern, please email me at SoundtrackAlley at gmail.com. 